And now, live from StarWorldWideNetworks.com, welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together, lover of marketing Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency and Jennifer Rojas from Next Gen Consulting share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready, set, listen. Hello, hello. Good morning, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. No? Yeah, enjoying this beautiful weather, man. I know. It's been like it was hot last week, and then now it's like nice again. I don't even know if to take a jacket, not take a jacket. Just always take it. Well, now, because in Arizona, they start cranking up the air conditioning, so it's like sub-zero. So excited to get in my car in the afternoon after leaving an office. <laughs> yeah, so what's got going on? How was your weekend? Um, so it was a good weekend, relaxed, um, got my nails done. That's always like a big treat for me. I love your nails so much. Where do you, I, I, every time I see them with the pretty little tips on them, how do you, where do you get them done? Um, some like fun little okay, base in Scottsdale. Spot. Yeah. And then, um, got the toes done with, uh, one of my besties, Jenny. Nice. A little doctor, little doctor medication time with her. Oh, <laughs> little, little foot therapy. She's really tiny. So I can say that. She knows what I'm talking about. I think she's listening. Possibly. Actually, I've heard husband on the show today. Oh, so nice. Ah, a little connection Good introduction there. to Brandon Chassis. Yeah, she's getting married today. again this year, too, which is kind of funny. Now that I'm sitting next to her husband, but I it's know. just the same husband she's marrying twice. So, Brandon, it's been a year. Is that what I saw on Facebook? You have it an is. anniversary? Yeah, yeah. it was uh, so April 14th. So it was just a few days ago. It was okay. almost April Fool's, but it wasn't. <laughs> that would be so much fun with the wedding guest have an april fool's wedding uh-huh. man so many people getting splashed because quarters are taped underneath the <laughs> underneath the faucets and stuff like that that'd be uh-huh. awesome my second wedding be april for be an april fool's one. Oh, you're getting married again no but i'm just putting it out there that if i do <laughs> it's gonna That's be april want. fools no i'm just april fooling you i thought there was news i didn't know like wait a second <laughs> no that's awesome no but you gotta put it out there right so one year, how's it been? It's been a good year. Yeah, it's been a great year. Um, I think the kind of topic of the year is just preparing for the second one. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been tough. And I wanted to thank Elisa for uh, the post on Facebook. Um, she put in a beautiful picture of me online. <laughs> it didn't look like I didn't even recognize you. Yeah. yeah. We, we were making milkshakes that day. You scared my grandmother. Oh. <laughs> she really? saw, she, it came up on her feet and she's like, Brandon. Why would you put that awful picture of yourself oh up there? God. I'm like, I didn't do that, Grandma. That was uh, Grandma that was a friend. Criticizing. Don't tell her it was me. Don't tell her. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, because it was you want to be known for your photography, your good eye. I know. Well, you were going edgy. It was. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah. the ugly behind the beautiful. There I didn't no think ugly. it was ugly, though. See? I didn't think it was. I didn't. I didn't. You looked happy. Yeah. I mean, the couple looked happy. I just didn't put the two together. I hadn't even seen it. And so when she told me, I was just like... Did Where I do she? that? Was it my picture? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, I tend to hide those, but yeah, not that time. <laughs> Clearly, what you good. need to do is have more pictures taken. That's it. <laughs> she, had a, she didn't have a very, <laughs> she didn't have a very deep bench to go to, so oh, that's yeah. what you get. I'll be sure to check the picture next time. 
right. I'll give you editing rights. You should, yeah, you should make it. Set your privacy settings so no one can post stuff you haven't seen. It's on my pages. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So, yeah, we're also talking to uh, Jason today. Yeah, we're actually we talking Jason about the Hesh. blondes and the brunettes. And luckily Hi. she brought a brunette. because Lauren Cooperman's here yeah. representing. So, Jason, so we'll get into it, but it's uh, they do... Uh, I hate, hate to call it powder puff because it seems so much you guys are, you know, women. and But women, play, the women get out there on the field and play football, and it's a charity event to help tackle Alzheimer's, so using the funds to go towards Alzheimer's research. Yes? Yes. Okay, so, Jason, tell us a little bit about it as the coach of Team Blonde, and then we're going to let Lauren take over from there because we're all brunettes here. Uh, as a coach Except for, for Robin. Blonde, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah oh, no, but uh, thanks for having us on today. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, Blondes versus Brunettes was uh, started back in about 2005 by two sisters in Washington, D.C., whose uh, mother had early onset Alzheimer's, and they wanted to set up an event that was a little bit was fun but different. They didn't want to do a walk or a golf tournament or anything else like that. But mm-hmm. um, So they decided they both played flag football, and one was blonde and one was brunette, and so they said, let's take it to the field. And uh, they recruited their friends uh, to do it, and the first uh, Blonde versus Burnettes happened in 2005. Um, now, uh, whatever it is, 13 years later, it's in about 50 cities Good across math. the country and uh, has Good raised math. over nine-point-something million dollars uh, so cool. nationwide uh, through all of the events. And here in uh, Phoenix, we've been going since 2000, or, uh, 2013, so this is going to be our sixth year and uh, raised over $300,000 locally. Wow. How did you get involved with it? Um, I was I was brought in on the uh, the first year. Uh, one of my friends, uh, no, I do a lot of work in the community, and uh, he had never he was the original blondes head coach, and uh, he had no idea how to run a charity event. So he uh, brought me in to kind of help with uh, the fundraising and organization and things like that. And uh, you know, uh, six years later, the the rest is history. Um, you know, my mother had, or I'm sorry, my grandmother had uh, Alzheimer's uh, in her later years, and uh, that was the reason I got really involved. But uh, you know, I stay involved for some of the stories that we'll touch on, uh, you know, regarding, uh, you know, everything from early onset. And really the main goal of the event is to raise awareness. I mean, yes, we're raising money for the for the disease, but it's really the awareness with the younger generation that, you know, most people think of Alzheimer's disease as something only that older folks get. But it is the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. Um, hmm. And it, uh, you know, it, it can start as early as 40s and 50s. Um, you know, we have a couple of girls that are struggling with that right now with their parents. Um, and that's the reason I think we stay involved and are so passionate about it. And on top of that, we raise money f- to help support Arizona residents and uh, help fund grants to do research for it. Very cool. That's really cool. Why Why did you choose to coach Team Blonde instead of Team Brunette? Mm-hmm. Jason. <laughs> yeah, Jason. Um, as, as, as my wife, will, as my wife will tell you, I'm always partial to the blondes. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Robin uh, Robin's happy. all excited. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, no, honestly, it was just, uh, that was the team that, uh, my friend, friend who had originally on. started and that was the team he was on. So that's the team we've always, uh, done. And, yeah. Um, and just, so all the redheads out there aren't upset. Uh, redheads are free agents. They can go both ways. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> so they can pick oh, the team. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice. And we have a redhead. I know. And we have a ginger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lauren, how did you get involved in it? So I initially got involved also yeah, the first year. Oh. There we go. Um, also in the first year, 2013, um, my friend Leanne is actually the one who brought it here to Phoenix. Um, she had seen some of her friends play in Dallas and thought it was just an incredible opportunity to do some real fundraising and make a real change here. 
as well as a good way to get a lot of people involved mm-hmm. um, for the association. So she asked me if I would join because she knew that I liked competitive sports and I'm slightly athletic. So I've been with it for, this will be my sixth season, my retirement season. What? Also, uh, I know. But <laughs> Are they going to retire your jersey number? I would hope so. I hope they hang it up <laughs> in the field. Yeah. <laughs> it should be like a whole ceremony. Have a ring of fire. Oh, <laughs> I like her. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really been life-changing for me because I initially got involved with no personal connection to Alzheimer's. But since then, I've met just some incredible women um, along the way who have really personal stories who've touched me. And I've seen how it's affected their lives. Um, And just this past year, I actually had an aunt diagnosed with advanced Alzheimer's. So she's now in a home. And it's really disheartening to see somebody who used to be just such an amazing storyteller. And those stories are just kind of gone. And Mm -hmm. to see that change that quickly uh, really puts it into perspective. And I really do want to find change. And I think we're doing really great work here. And the nice thing about the Blondes versus Burnettes is the city that you play on is the city where the funds stay. So all Um, the money we raise here stays here. That is nice. That is nice. Um, What position do you play? I am the running back. Oh, good position. Are you good? I like to think so. I've got some (laughs) speed. I mean, Jason will tell you. I've got some speed. I might be small. But (laughs) (laughs) you're wily. Exactly. (laughs) Like Speedy Gonzalez. (laughs) I like it. Get out of the way. Give her the ball and get out of the way. Exactly. (laughs) How many women are on each team? I mean, it's a full. Yeah, we've got a full team. So I'd say we have approximately 35 girls on each side of the ball um, and probably about eight coaches as well on each side. So we practice twice a week, a couple hours each time. So it's a legitimate game and we run real plays and we all are given a position, and it's come game time. I mean, it's a, it's a real game. There's touchdowns and interceptions and everything you would expect from seeing any other football game you'd see, except it's flag instead of yeah tackle. Yeah, that's okay. I think good that's thing. that's good. Yeah, I don't want anyone to get that hurt. No, it seems to, that would defeat the purpose. You're raising funds for Alzheimer's, and meanwhile, you're breaking bones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is really, and so you've done it for six years. Have you always been played running back? I've kind of changed a little bit. I think the first year I was partially wide receiver, but I'm legitimately the shortest person on the team. So that's really not the most appropriate place to put me. Um, So, but mostly running in general. I have a running background. I've run marathons and half marathons consistently. So that's where I feel most comfortable. Very nice. Jason, do you, from a coach, do you guys spread the coaching duties the same way? I mean, is it special teams and offensive and defensive and? Oh yeah. Over the years we've, come so far from, you know, we literally can take people who come out for the charity side of it from literally teaching them to throw and catch the first game all the way through teaching them, you know, man and zone defenses to schemes to, you know, audibles and everything like that. We've got special teams. We do kickoffs, receptions. Um, It's a whole heck of a lot of fun. And, I mean, beyond just the fact that we're raising money for a great organization, it's become such a great community of, you know, people that are supporting each other on the team. Um, and, uh, you know, taking home some victories here and there. How many games do you have per year? Uh, so there's only one game per year. So uh, the game is coming up April 28th. Yes, um, it's at North High School uh, at uh, 1101 East Thomas Road uh, on uh, that Saturday night. The kickoff is at 7 p.m. Uh, doors open at 6, and there's food trucks. It's family-friendly. Um, anyone under the age of 12 is free, and then a suggested donation of $10. 
Um, you know, for anybody else, we have, you know, four or 500 people that come and are in attendance and uh, we say, come on out, pick a side and uh, cheer them on to victory. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's just about putting on a great event. Um, it's a ton of fun for families. And, uh, you know, we raise awareness and it's a, it's a fun uh, family friendly event to come to and watch. And uh, it is a very competitive game. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, the, the girls See, work really hard and take it very seriously. I thinking serious. about it. I'm like, well, maybe. <laughs> I would do it and I'm like no that's no I, <laughs> I think what position would you play <clears throat> that's a great question wait do probably you probably lineman or something like that like I'd probably be good at protecting the quarterback like it's probably I can although I don't know that I have the I don't know but I would like to try mm. or uh sacking the quarterback that would probably be getting around it and then mm. that would probably be I have that goal in my eye yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably go for like Hold snapper that just snapper. Long snapper? Yeah, yeah. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> so good at that. I don't know. Center. <laughs> the line is one of the uh, the wildest spots on the field, for sure. Uh, they take I'll it bet. very seriously. Yeah. So wait, do you have uh, male cheerleaders now? Uh, yes. Because I think Brandon can, <laughs> yeah. Brandon watches football, right? Yeah, you're into... I already decided to retire from my <laughs> male cheerleading position. This was your retirement year? Yeah. <laughs> retirement season? I, uh, I rolled my ankle while oh. I was doing a uh, double backflip, and it didn't work out for me. Oh, you're jumping off the pyramid? Yeah. I well, can see more sponsorships coming in from that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's great. We have a whole halftime show as well. Uh, the oh. Golden Grannies from uh, the oh, Phoenix Suns come out, and every year uh, for the last six years, they've been our halftime show, so they come out and do a do a little uh, dance and uh, get the crowd riled up at halftime. Uh, How fun. Yeah, and uh, this year as well, we have a, uh, a trip to uh, Costa Rica that we're raffling off at halftime. If you donate over $100, you're entered in the raffle. Um, so, you know, if you feel like taking a vacation to Costa Rica and helping out a great cause, uh, you know, if you just go to bvbphoenix.org, you can get all the information about buying tickets or make a donation or, uh, you know, but uh, pick a side, uh, whether you like blondes or brunettes, uh, pick a side and donate to that team. What, what's it looking like this year? Who's going to take it? Well, uh, I'm, I'm a little impartial, but uh, I'm going to say blondes are taking it home again. Again? What is this again? I know. Blondes have taken it every year. But honestly, I mean, we've put in some really, really good work. And I think the blondes are going to be a little surprised about what we've got. Yeah, it's going to, I think this is Burnett's year. Yes. Yes. We're feeling good. The year we're of the brunette. Yes, I love it. Exactly. And you know what? I think our team, I mean, both teams in general, there's always a lot of good camaraderie because, again, we're always aimed at the same goal. But I don't know. Burnett's got a little something extra this year. I'm just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm, should we throw down a, let's open the bet. <laughs> the family how show. Many, how many, oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> no, uh, Jason, you're also with Farmer's Insurance. Like, is, is that um, something that, do you play into that at all? I mean, do you sponsor the events? Do you kind of connect business into this at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, in the sense that, you know, really my, uh, you know, with my business, I, I started my farmer's agency mainly because, uh, you know, I, I enjoy helping people, you know, from growing up being a kid, you know, being an Eagle Scout and all that. I've always been very community minded. And when I was looking at businesses I wanted to start, um, you know, I, I went to uh, insurance and pretty much I just work uh, and talk honestly with people about, you know, what uh, what their world looks like and how to properly protect it. And uh, the reason that it ties in is because it gives me the opportunity to work within my community mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, take the time to do charity work and uh, get involved with different organizations and, uh, you know, be a powerful impact on the community where, uh, you know, a, a time-punching job doesn't necessarily uh, offer the same opportunities as far as that goes. So I can really focus on, uh, you know, what's important to me, which is the community. Very cool. So has your wife ever played on the Blondes team? 
Oh, she is not. She is okay. our official cheerleader. So. Oh, <laughs> which is good. She's she's in the. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's she's great. G- she's going in for hip surgery. Yeah. Thursday, <laughs> I was like, so I don't know that she wants me to mention her hip surgery, but so <laughs> she'll be there in spirit, I'm sure. Uh, yes. Yes. We're, I'm, I'm trying to wheel her out there for the game. <laughs> oh my goodness. We'll, we'll, we'll see. That'd be it might awesome. be a little too close. Let's give her some, some sparkly, some sparkly uh, wheels. No, I was gonna say pom poms, but wheels oh. would be cool too. Little spinners. Yeah. <laughs> would be good. Oh my. <laughs> so, so Brandon, tell us a little bit about you. You have a couple things that that well, let's talk first about the work you've done like you so you just finished your PhD, correct? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I uh I've done all the uh as far as like turned it in and had it approved um doing my defense on May 7th. Uh so we're actually flying out Jenny and I are flying out to France and then we get back on the 6th. And I am the day after I'm defending my <laughs> dissertation. Did you know wow. there was a defense? Yeah. That was news for me. Jenny told me. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's, they make, oh, they yeah. really make you got to want that. it. Oh, yeah. They asked you some really burning questions and uh, had to put you on the spot. And so That's cool. You just had to be ready for it. But I kind of spent the last three years putting it together. So I would think I know <laughs> the answers to their questions. Oh, man. Um, See, now, now you put it out there. People yeah. actually make it. They hype it up a lot more than it really is. It's more of just an opportunity for you to present about what you did, sure. and then you get to uh, get presented your PhD at that point. So cool. Yeah. So tell us what it's about. Uh, what so you're, what I, you're defending. I am defending. Um, so my PhD is in depth psychology. I'm going to just spell it out just so that you can understand what I'm saying. I think you everybody said thinks death. No, I think no. it's depth. No. Depth. Depth. Like deep. Exactly. Like deep. Depth psychology with an emphasis in somatic studies. Okay. And so uh, basically we look at the forces <laughs> of the psyche. You're going to have to spell it and define it, Brandon. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. The uh, forces of the psyche and how they stimulate the body's capacity to heal itself. Mm. And so it's a lot of mind-body work. It's a very Jungian approach. Mm-hmm. So looking at the unconscious, dream work, imagery work, uh, authentic movement, stuff like that. Yeah. Yoga is a huge component to it. Um, and so that's how my, my relation with heart math uh, came about because they utilize biofeedback to look at what's going on on a physiological level. And so uh, my dissertation is looking at the correlation between one's ability to generate mental images and their ability to self-regulate hmm. on a physiological level and on a behavioral level. Hmm. So Have you ever done ex- that? I actually, was kind of an a, example. Yeah, I actually got to do some heart math before I actually met Brandon, and it was really interesting. Like there was... Um, a time where actually they walk me through this video and you think of someone. And at the time I, I thought of my son, my oldest, and my heart just like it was like there's a green level and a red level. Mm-hmm. I was so green thinking of my son. It was like an amazing moment. It was like, wow, you can just do that with a thought. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. That's yeah, very there's, cool. a, there's definitely a protocol where it's, it's to put it in its simplest form. It's getting immediate feedback on making sure you're meditating correctly. So you're putting yourself into that kind of state, except you're staying clear and focused. So there's your two um, kind of major nervous system components. You have the parasympathetic, which is your low arousal, and then the para- or the sympathetic, which is the high arousal. So the idea is to bring that into a balance, so that you're still focused, but you're also relaxed and calm at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's how they uh, kind of incorporated it into um, 
being something that can optimize functionality within the rest of the body because if the nervous system's in a balance and everything else sort of starts working together. Um, and so part of the protocol is that you do some breathing regulation and then the emotional regulation like Elisa was just talking about where you think of a positive feeling. Mm -hmm. That's why they said, you know, think of somebody that you love. Right. Um, we, I try not to utilize that particular tip just because sometimes you say, all right, think of a loved one and you think of like your husband or wife and sometimes... That can have its ups and downs. Oh, so. like the fight you had. The I yeah, had even, even with kids, or you're like, yeah, and put with her kids. Shoes on. Yeah, so we we try to say now maybe I'm in the like red. Now I'm in the red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like wait, this isn't working. <laughs> um, I'm still not mad. regulating. <laughs> so we try to utilize things like uh, your favorite pet, like just sitting with your pet and, and oh. put yourself in a situation where it's something that's not gonna be interfere with other things, like maybe walking on your favorite beach mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. uh, being in the woods. Um, you know, a, a favorite place. So that's the way that they utilize that. Why do we need to have protocols to do that? Like, why isn't that kind of our natural state of being? Well, think about what you've been doing your whole life. What do you like to dawn on? Do you like to think about the positive things or the things that have been driving you nuts all day? Mm, well, I like to think about the positive things, but I know that it's human nature that we get really caught up in the, that negative side, right, that negative feedback. But, so that's kind of my question based on... Um, I mean, you know, research that part of what you've done. Um, why? Why are we wired that way? Why are we wired to kind of go to that? Is it is it evolution? Because that the negative might be that protect. Like we're still living in that protective, so our we want to keep ourselves comfortable, and so that way we do that is to to, it, to emphasize negative feedback versus positive feedback. Or it's, it's just a cultural thing. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not I even. In order to kind of get by, we are constantly. Um, spending time thinking about what needs to be done and what happened to me last night or what happened last week, how that just, you know, that negative thought process, and we just kind of dwell on it for a very long time. So what this does is by doing this for years at a time, you build a new pattern for your heart rhythm pattern so that when a stressful event occurs, you go straight to that versus trying to counteract it. And so when we develop these patterns, we create what's called autonomic exhaustion. And then that's when symptoms start to arise, like sleeplessness, um, headaches. Uh, you're, you start to like not be able to utilize your memory correctly. Um, you know, just different symptoms. And then it gets into like heart uh, congestive failure. I mean, it can get to really bad things and really uh, um, impact your, your entire life. So, Have you noticed men or women work better with this system or is it it depends on where they're kind of coming from what their background is so I would say women definitely do a lot better because they already are practicing either yoga or meditation um, on a regular basis and also can utilize that part of the brain that is utilizing the creativity side like the the right side um, but I have seen some men do really well like my father for example he for some reason, it's better than my mom, and my mom is a therapist. <laughs> That's and probably, she's got a lot of stuff in her. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff on her mind. <laughs> Not that your dad doesn't, um, but he's probably piss good. off the whole family in this show. Grandmas and pits. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Now mom's, yeah. No, my mom's going to be like. a great wedding coming up. She'll be yeah. angry, yeah. No, she, she just like gets frustrated because my dad just falls right into that state. Like he can just get on. It's just a biofeedback software program. So you just look at the screen and you start looking at what your heart rate's doing. And based on the, the rhythm pattern that you have, 
you can create this sine-like wave with your heart rhythm pattern. So uh, when you inhale, you are naturally supposed to, your heart rate increases, and when you exhale, it decreases. It's actually, a lot of people think that your heart rate is supposed to kind of stay the same the whole time, but it's the complete opposite. Your heart rate naturally is supposed to go up and down, up and down constantly. So when you're able to hold that at a for like a certain period of time, you are rewiring the way that your body is going to react to certain stimuli. Hmm. And so that's why I, use a lot of, I utilize it for training people. I train people how to get into that state, how to do it on a daily basis, and then that way they are rewiring the way that they naturally uh, react to certain stressors. And so, yeah, so that gives you the, now a new way to, rather than getting ramped up and getting more and more upset about something, you start to learn that you can get yourself back to a place of equilibrium yeah are you finding are, is there other treatments that are being like when you talked about the body healing itself mm -hmm. um is it being used to start to combat kind of let so that the body can stay in a state where it's able to work to oh. take care of itself and and from a preventative standpoint absolutely yeah there's uh it, it works really well as an adjunct so for example and i'm sure we'll get into this in a little bit but uh the company I work for, The Meadows, they deal with uh, treating addiction and trauma. And so when somebody is working through an addiction and then they detox and have to kind of, they get away from that, what comes up next is the trauma that mm -hmm. kind of influenced the addiction. And so in order to deal with that, what they normally would do is get back on the addiction. Mm -hmm. But the heart math can act as a different uh, segue for them to keep that trauma relaxed and, and not allow themselves to emotionally react to whatever uh, comes up from the trauma. And so that's just an example of how um, it can help with healing, yeah. self-healing. Super interesting. We're going to take a quick break, but during the break, I'm going to suggest we work with the brunettes um, <laughs> so we can give them an advantage. Uh, you we'll, know, send Jason, we'll send Jason out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll be right back. strategy. <laughs> Are you ready for swimsuit season? Let's face it, we all have those pesky areas that are stubborn to diet and exercise. We have just the solution for you. Introducing the FDA approved Ultra Shape Power for powerful fat burning. The Ultra Shape Power is body contouring at its best at 32% fat reduction. The strongest and most effective body contouring device on the market. Painless, no downtime, and you can see the results in as little as two weeks. Call LifeScape Premier to schedule your free consultation with Noel, their very own certified laser specialist and national trainer. Call 480-860-5500 or visit www.lifescapepremier.com to learn more. The saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, build a team. If you're ready to take your company to the next level, but aren't sure how to find the best candidates, NextGen HR Consulting can help. NextGen specializes in social recruiting strategies, talent engagement, and direct hire searches so you can get the right people in the right place at the right time. NextGen HR Consulting. Discover, engage, and grow.
Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mindset intersect. With your hosts, Elisa Sparks Lane and Jennifer Rojas. All right, so we're talking about trauma and addictions, and it was actually really interesting how you brought up how heart math is definitely something that not only um, can provide a space that calms the body, but heals the body. Mm-hmm. And um, we mentioned a couple of other things, too, that actually will rise the trauma. And um, why would anyone want to create that, like being able to look at the trauma? Well, so... Um People go in for therapy or for healing because there is something that is being activated from the body. And it could be uh, aches and sores. It could be um, uh, being tired, exhausted. It's like and the physical. Yeah, it's a very physical reaction. And they, they go into a doctor and they can't really explain what it is. And more often than not, it's going to be a psychosomatic symptom. And so... In order to, to approach that, you have to get into the psychology of what's happening. And so that's where we were just talking about EMDR, where EMDR is a way to address kind of suppressed trauma that may have happened in your childhood or, you know, could have been very recent. I mean, not to get gory or anything, but like any of these um, kind of uh, um, catastrophic events catastrophic events that have happened like the las vegas shooting or the school shootings 9-11 that is a extremely traumatic event and even though some people may be able to uh handle it at that time it's still stored into the body and they have to address it in a in a uh, very conscious way so emdr allows that trauma those traumatic events to somehow kind of submerge it's this phenomenon with this eye movement thing where you are basically when you move your eyes back and forth left to right it just causes this trauma to start to like certain suppressed memories to come up and so with a therapist they're able to talk you through that and make sure that you are working yourself through that event without having to kind of react to it so could the trauma even be like car accidents? Oh, absolutely. There's, so there's simple things like that that we never dealt with. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when that's brought up, yeah, it's, it's about processing it correctly. Mm-hmm. That's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. So once you have the trauma seen or like, is there always more levels of this trauma? Like, is there ever an end to actually seeing everything that's there? Um. I mean, you definitely can relieve yourself of certain symptoms that you're trying to address. Um, And I think that if you create good practices for um, looking internally and not just on the outside, that will allow you to address these things a little slowly but, but steadily. And then that way you can just kind of move on and have the practice of being able to get through traumatic events before they start to... Um, fester into the body. Well, and I'm thinking too, like, you know, speaking of kind of preventative, keeping the brain, certain things in the brain active and certain parts of your body in line, and it kind of does play into, you know, the way Alzheimer's is. And I'm not sure how, um, m- you know, medical or scientific you get about it, but I'm curious because you mentioned some stories, but it is interesting how we are seeing, to your point, Alzheimer's, we did think of it as a, as a disease that was not, was not an affliction of of middle-aged or young people, and we are seeing it come earlier and earlier. And part of that, I wonder, 
is that because of the extra stress in our life, the toxins we create in the body and how we're processing things in, in a way. And so these types of um, practices could help us not just from a traumatic standpoint, but also as we're you know, looking at preventing, keeping our bodies in, in a good place um, mm-hmm. all, all around. And I'm curious, because you mentioned a couple of stories that, that you had, that you know, you've had during your time with uh, blondes versus the brunettes, as far as, is it, how are you seeing it impact families, or how, what do you see in the research or the stories behind the people who are affected with Alzheimer's? Yeah, I'd say one of the most impactful stories uh, that, you know, for me personally, the reason that keeps me involved is um, one of the girls on our team, uh, her, her mother is, uh, was diagnosed at 57 with early onset Alzheimer's. And uh, shortly after that, uh, in 2013, was when, uh, when BVB started. And uh, so we've, she's been on the team and we've watched her mother go through these, these progressions to where over the last year and a half, uh, now she can no longer leave the house by herself mm-hmm. or do everything. And she's, you know, uh, she's progressed through it. And uh, I mean, she's an amazing woman. I've, you know, met her, you know, many times. And uh, it's just uh, watching her go through this. And, you know, her family is one of the most amazing and supportive uh, groups of people that I've, you know, I've ever seen. And um, I think, uh, you know, that. And then we've got another girl whose mother actually had passed away at age 61. Uh, with Alzheimer's and so I mean really I think uh, for a lot of us that get involved you know we get involved for a variety of different reasons we have a friend or a family member or some of the girls just come out because they love playing football and want to get to know people but Mm -hmm. um, I think the reason most people stay around is you know once they really learn about the disease and learn how how traumatic it is and that you know one in three adults you know passes away with some form of Alzheimer's or dementia um, and that you know it is terminal and that it is you know becoming more and more of an epidemic I mean, at the, you know, when you look at the numbers, uh, you know, more adults die with Alzheimer's and dementia um, than uh, breast cancer and prostate cancer combined. Mm. And so, I mean, really, it's about, you know, just raising the awareness because it is not um, something that's primarily with the younger generations. Um, it's not something that gets has gotten a lot of focus in the past. And luckily, we've seen a lot of that change as... Um, you know, as, as we've moved forward over the last, you know, five, ten years, and it's really been brought to the forefront uh, by organizations like Blonde vs. Burnett's, the Alzheimer's Associations, and mm-hmm. other, uh, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia uh, organizations. Mm-hmm. Do, which, so which organization does, like, you donate to the Alzheimer's Association here in Phoenix? Yep, so Blonde vs. Burnett's uh, Phoenix is, a, uh, is an event put on by the Alzheimer's Association. And you're the only team in Phoenix, right? Yes. Okay, so, yes. so each city would... Potentially have. Yep. So there's okay. like there's about 45, 50 cities that currently have uh, blonde versus brunettes events at them, and they range everywhere from you know smaller cities that have you know smaller events mm-hmm. to you know Texas is a big football, <laughs> big yeah, football sure. state, and you know they raise you know hundreds of thousands of dollars each year at their events. Um, you know, here over our last six years, like I mentioned, we had, we've raised a, a little bit over three hundred thousand um, dollars, wow. and we're you know this year we're shooting to raise about uh, eighty five thousand uh, dollars through it all, and. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're pushing real hard for that. So, I mean, any, uh, any support, uh, whether it's with money or cheering yeah. or, uh, you know, just coming out and having fun and helping us spread the message uh, and uh, support the families that are struggling with it. Because, you know, the, all the, uh, you know, we have a lot of patients and folks that are struggling with Alzheimer's that come out to the game and, you know, they, they, they yeah. love it and have a blast. And, uh, you know, just all around it, we have a really fun time with it and, uh, you know, helping with a great cause and, um, you know, kind of talking about what you guys are talking about with trauma. One of the big things that's uh, becoming more and more prevalent is people are using music as a way to help, you know, uh, 
treat and uh, get people through that are struggling with Alzheimer's because they might not be able to remember the name of, you know, their, their grandkids or something like that, but they'll be able to sing every yeah. song mm-hmm. from a song that they loved as a child or growing up. Um, and so there's actually an organiz- some organizations that are starting to, you know, really That's start cool. to use that as a therapy method for, mm-hmm. uh, for these folks. So there's, a, it, it's very interesting and, you know, it, it's great to see that all the, uh, progress coming forward on, uh, you know, uh, people coming forward to help support the organization. That's so cool. Lauren, would you do a Pro Bowl? They would do a Pro <laughs> if they did a... <laughs> yes. Oh, I definitely would. I'd come back. Hit Hawaii for uh, <laughs> for the Pro Bowl. Exactly. You want to travel me around. Absolutely. <laughs> I might get involved in that in that case, too. Um, but I do think it's great. Like, I think... Um, we spend so much time talking about how to keep our body strong and healthy. I don't know that we spend it the same. I mean, obviously we do, right? We all know good thoughts. And um, I think we had Sherry and when St- Sherry and uh, Steve Ruby were on talking about, you know, feeding yourself positive information and positive thoughts so that you're able to, um, you know, create that good space in your head. Um, for you, Lauren, what have you seen as far as um, what, how do you feel like from personally the impact that you're having on the families that you're helping? Well, personally, I think, Kind of like what just or Jason touched on. It's we are with all these women who are affected, and like I said before, I personally didn't have a personal connection until this past year. And I think by being involved with all these women and being able to see where our dollars are going, I was a little bit more prepared mm-hmm. to see what's going on with my aunts and know the facility she's going into and the caregiving that she's going into. Um, so you have a better appreciation for. The struggle mm-hmm. that can happen and it's not just for the Alzheimer's patients itself it's the families as well I mean everybody is affected and again you think of it as an older person disease but currently in the United States we have over 200,000 people under the age of 65 who've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I mean and that's incredibly young mm-hmm. you're it's these vibrant parents and associates who can have this hit and it's just it's it's disheartening to kind of to see mm-hmm. loved ones go through that type of struggle, and it feels really good to know that we are actively making a difference. Yeah, we're going on the field and we're having some fun and we're doing this competitive nature, but we're all there for the exact same cause, and that really is what binds us together in the end. On the field, we are blondes for nets, and it's we're the battle of the titans. You know, it's that <laughs> age-old rivalry that we have. But once it's all said and done. We're there for the same reason, and we want to raise funds, and we want to make a difference. So it's incredibly empowering, mm-hmm. especially as women. And we're really all very professional, like-minded, all want to be charitable. So it's nice to be surrounded by women with the same life objectives. Mm-hmm. That's so great. So great. I mean, making a difference and just like being community is just a fantastic thing. I love how both of you or or all three of you are just mentioning how important it is to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like when we think about the traumas that happen, like that can actually rule us. But when we step into the moment and music can be so healing. And it was was funny, I was noticing on um, one of the flyers from the Meadows that you do uh, drum circles. And how often and is that like a community thing? Is that with families? Is that something that's just with patients? How does that work out? So I'll be 100% honest on that. You're um, not doing it. We haven't been doing the drum circles lately, only because... I'm bringing it back. I, uh, we have uh, Wait, Were you in charge units. of the drum circles? No, it actually was happening before I started, um, and they were doing them, but they were so loud of drum circles that the neighboring buildings were complaining, and so we had to come up with a different <laughs> alternative for that. 
Um, we do utilize music a lot, though. Um, so what, now what do you have? The flute so circles? What they do is <laughs> the they have... Circles. The symbols. The symbols. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine a bunch of recorders. <laughs> okay, that would be... Hey, that, that, was was send, that would send people into a psychotic break. If you've ever had a third grader who had to practice hot cross buns for four hours a night... That'll send you somewhere for sure. You just got a new patient. <laughs> <laughs> no more recorders. <laughs> yeah, I um, and I actually wanted to speak real quick about what you were just talking about with the um, Alzheimer's and working with music. And somebody was just telling me the other day about how there was a study done where they were utilizing dance with people that were dealing with Alzheimer's, and that there was an improvement in their ability for memories and and uh, relieving some of the symptoms of that. So um, it's just fascinating how that kind of ties into what you were just talking about. Uh, but so at the, at the Meadows, they utilize uh, this thing called, they call it the brain spa. And it's because it's in I'm Scottsdale, in. that's why they call it the brain spa. But there are these really nice recliner chairs, and next to each one they have a headset with an iPod Nano. And they have a menu of music that utilizes what's called Hemisync. Mm. And so Hemisync is a binaural stimulation within the music. So the people can go in there and they're getting that extra um, relaxation um, modality within the music mm -hmm. itself. And so they can just sit and relax. They like to utilize it between sessions. They do group sessions and then they have individual sessions. So they kind of do it in between um, or they do it right before their neurofeedback. Uh, so they just have that opportunity. So utilizing the music, we were a huge um, we're huge on that. We mm -hmm. like to like to utilize it because it's so effective in so many ways. Do you still we, have the expressive art? Now I'm looking at the flyer because this is pretty interesting. You're gonna so keep bringing up stuff. I know. Be that, like, no. no, we stopped that five years ago. <laughs> um. <laughs> that's the only thing, and I was afraid you were gonna bring it up because <laughs> sure, that's of, course. Course. of course, of course, Yeah, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else on this? Because it's it's such a wonderful space. That I don't even know if people know everything that's involved, and I mean from not only people that have had trauma, but the family that actually sure has, has to, you know deal help, and, and has to help the support yeah. the family member with the trauma or the yeah well then that's that's a big deal to us victim. too we have um so just to give a, cr a quick overview about the program we have inpatient up in wickenburg um and that's where it all started it was developed about 42 years ago hmm. and they have been just working on it and developing it ever since and so we have a lot of thought leaders that have come behind the creation of our program. So Pia Melody, Peter Levine is the creator of Somatic Experiencing. Uh, you've got uh, um, uh, Shelly uh, Urim, uh, Bessel van der Kolk. Uh, Kevin McCauley is one of the thought leaders behind looking at addiction as a disease, not as a choice, mm. um, because he's able to, to contribute that science behind it, behind mm -hmm. what's going on in the brain. So um, over the years, they've really developed a lot of different modalities within the program, within the um, Meadows um, model. And so they have now art therapy. Uh, they use uh, equine therapy mm -hmm. up in Wickenburg. Um, they utilize Tai Chi, yoga, and they're doing this like almost every day. Um, and this goes along with the therapy and the group sessions. And it's not meant to be like, you know, a retreat. This is a boot camp mm -hmm. uh, for the mind and mm -hmm. for the heart. And so they are doing everything they can to relieve them of the symptoms that they came in with. And most of it is trauma-related. And so Pia Melody is the biggest thought leader behind it. She uh, created the Meadows model based on 
looking at childhood trauma and how that mm. has influenced all of the things that you're doing with today. And so um, that's their main approach. So in Scottsdale, we have our outpatient center. Okay. And so here they utilize a lot of what they do in Wickenburg and just kind of downsize it to an outpatient setting. So it's an eight-week program for adults, 12-week program for young adults. And they come in for about three hours a day, Monday through Thursday, and they get to go through all this treatment. What are considered, what are the ages that uh, young adults start at? Uh, 18 to 26. And is there anything under that or is that? Um, only with our eating disorder facility. Um, and it's kind of sad that uh, that has to be the case, but uh, they are licensed to treat women as young as eight. Oh. at our eating disorder facility oh, up in Wickenburg. And is this covered by insurance in some cases? In some cases, yes. So the eating disorder and the outpatient centers um, take the most insurances. Uh, they include like Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna, um, and uh, Humana, HealthNet. But the one that uh, all three of them, like, well, when I say all three, I'm saying the eating disorder facility, the outpatient center, and all the other inpatient facilities up in Wickenburg, they all take TRICARE. So we definitely work a lot with the military and uh, with dependents of military. Now, going back to your original question the about... The drum circle? The, no. Okay. <laughs> no more drum circles. <laughs> ready. Not for a while. Just leave the drum circles behind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watch, We're, you're going to get so to, many questions about drum circles this week. Think I know. about your son. Think about your son. <laughs> now I'm going to have to bring it Green back. Zone. <laughs> Green zone. Green zone. He loves drums. Um, so <laughs> the family component you were asking about. Mm. So every week... Uh, family is allowed to come sit in on the group sessions uh, for the outpatient center in Scottsdale. And they, every Monday night, they have a, what's called their family recovery group where family members of loved ones that they are considering recovery for can come in and actually get to learn about what recovery is all about. And they get it from people that are also dealing with it at the same time. And then when they do that, um, they have a uh, facilitator there, uh, Ruff Stewart, uh, he's been a therapist with the Meadows on and off for about 30 years. And he also uh, makes sure that they are not just trying to do whatever they can to take care of their loved one, but they're also doing what it takes to take care of themselves. Right. Because right. you are so focused on, and, and it's a thing that, that is uh, taught at the Meadows about codependency, mm. where you're kind of dependent on somebody, somebody, else's, somebody else's things. Illness. Yeah, their mm -hmm. illness or whatever it is. And so... To address that for yourself, to make sure you're doing what you need to to take care of yourself during this process. Mm -hmm. So it's a really great group, and it's completely open to the public, and you don't even have to be associated with the meds. You'd be considering recovery for loved ones somewhere else. They mm -hmm. still welcome you in to just kind of get a better feel for it. Super cool. That's really nice. Jason, are you seeing any innovation around behavioral and mental, like, insurances that are starting to cover those types of treatments? Uh, so additional insurances. It's a squeaky microphone. It's all right. It's not gonna, we'll all survive. It's almost the drum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so at the end of the day, there's uh, there's a variety of things that are going on, especially in the uh, the, the health and uh, you know uh, uh, long term care and, mm. uh, and things of that nature. Um, you know, as far as uh, you know, in, into uh, programs like that, I'm, I'm not specifically familiar um, on on that front. But yeah, I mean, there's there, it's always going to be a changing world, and there's always things that you can do, uh, and there's always companies uh, that we're looking to uh, you know help offset those risks. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, that's where you know a lot of what I do in my business. It, 
um, is just really look at it full circle beyond just, you know, the, the areas that I specialize in um, is having those conversations with people about, hey, you know, here are the here's your world and here's here's the areas that can affect your world. Everything from health to property to liability to um, to finances. And, um, you know, we all do all this planning and uh, look towards our future. And um, at the end of the day, there's a lot of misinformation out there about, you know, this. And unfortunately, there's a lot of salespeople in uh in, in all those businesses. So, um, you know, that's where I really look to take a holistic, uh, personalized approach and just consult with individuals and businesses and help them take a look at everything that's out there, what's available, and, uh, you know, help set them up for success. Because at the end of the day, we want to, you know, make sure you're getting a good value and that you have peace of mind. Um, yeah. Because most consumers out there, they just want peace of mind and knowing that someone's going to be there for them when they need it. And, uh, you know, I think that's been lost in our multimedia world and, uh, you know, all the clever marketing campaigns and everything else like that, that at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's really what it's there for and what is the most important part of it. Farmers campaigns are pretty clever. That song always and they have pretty good head. swag too. And they have good swag. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. We yeah. just got spoiled today. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm always full of swag. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And then Lauren, you're in telemedicine. So when you're not, uh, crushing people on the field your your company's telemedicine or yeah. a, an arm of that exactly yeah so i work for a company called upscript and what we have done is created a direct consumer platform um, for pharmaceutical companies so they can sell direct to patients um, so we have a few different websites we'll work with any pharmacy that way they can kind of get their products straight there uh, for example we have one website called project ruby and what we do is sell birth control so women can come on, take a medical online consultation, and then depending on your state laws, um, a doctor is going to follow up with you appropriately, whether it's um, a phone call or a video um, consultation, and then you'll get approved from there, and we mail out the whatever it is that you ordered directly to you. So it's really, the way that things have been turning around is people don't have the time to go to a traditional doctor's office and sit in the waiting room and do all that kind of stuff where we've become a society of convenience. And really for things that you don't necessarily need to see somebody face to face for and have a real physical interaction, it, being able to take it directly to consumers, um, I think is really the new wave of the future. And it's kind of an exciting platform to be in because it's a really ever changing world. And there's so much interest And in a lot of these pharmaceutical companies used to be so hands off and, you know, just use the CVSs and the Walgreens of the world. And now they're actually getting into the trenches and learning more about their patients. And they're directing, having a little bit more say in who's seeing what they see and what that they get. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's I think every health insurance plan. I don't I don't even know if mine does, but I, I know there are a lot of plans out there that have telemedicine. And I think it's we were talking about it, how convenient it is, just that ease and um I think it's just too interesting how we're starting to deliver health across different platforms. And I don't know if you're seeing that with the meadows and, you know, but it is starting to be like we want, there has to be some resource, right? There has to be that so that we're able to either access it easily or continue like that behavioral transit transaction or uh, transformation. Um, does the meadows offer anything like that after they go through a program? Is there something that people can access online to, so, I don't know, uh, yoga classes or drum circle classes. <laughs> <laughs> now she wants to go. <laughs> totally. I mean, I would love to bring it back. Trust me, they're, they're, they're really fun. I um, think we could start at, at uh, a campaign at the football game. I know, Jason got it. I was like, drum circle. <laughs> Stole my line there, Jason. Well done. <laughs> um, I think with, uh, well, first off with uh, the heart math, um, heart math is available as a mo on your mobile device. 
So you would purchase the device that plugs into your iPhone, mm -hmm. and then you can just be wherever you want. It's just a little ear clip, and that measures your pulse off of your earlobe, and then that transfers into the heart rate variability, and then you're able to monitor yourself and make sure that you're getting into that coherent state. You have to try it. Wow. It I is the coolest thing. Yeah, it's and they just released. It used to only be for iPhones and iPads, which drove me nuts because I uh, I'm a I'm a an Android. Android guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm not gonna get into that right now. Um, but they just released. They have a Bluetooth version, so now it works with all. It's compatible with all types of phones. Um, the other thing that is really cool and um, you reminded me of this is that we have uh, been working with this company that now provides an aftercare program that is a very mobile device oriented. So people can stay connected with their therapist after they finish the Meadows program for years after that. So they're checking in and making right. sure that they are staying on task with what they're doing. They're going to their meetings. They can check off the meetings as they attend them. Yeah. Is that um, meetings for life? Like, is that something that actually will just stay with you? You know, it's, Depending on the trauma, I guess. The trauma and with the recovery, um, yeah. I think that for a lot of people it is. And, and people embrace it, though. And when you embrace it, you are more successful with staying in recovery um, because it's, you know, you find the group that works for you and you just attend it weekly. And it's not just about for yourself, but now you're helping others because then you become a sponsor for somebody else and help yeah. them get through that process. And it's just a kind of a domino effect after that where you're constantly helping the community. And so, um, yeah, I think being a part of those meetings is a big deal. Well, it's almost like you become the inspiration that keeps other people wanting to strive for more. Right, exactly. All, awesome. all three of you. Like, that's, it's yeah. like it is. It's that servant, servant leadership. It always comes back to that, right? If you can't, it might, might not be what you're doing or personally impacted you, but the fact that you're helping other people and being leaders in that, in that community. So... Mm -hmm. It was great having you guys. So nice. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, one last time, April 28th. for April 28th at 7 p.m. We're playing at North High School. So the address is 1101 East Thomas. Um, doors open at 6 p.m. It's $15 at the door, but you can buy online early at bvbphoenix.org for $10. And again, kids under 12 are free. It's a really great time, and it's for a really great cause. We'd love to see as many people out there as we could. Yeah, we'll be sure to we'll share the link, link and yep. get on the Facebook page. Also share about the Meadows yep. and HeartMath. Maybe there's some stuff that we can actually share out there that people can actually get involved yeah. with. And um, yeah, I just want to thank everyone for being on the show and just providing um, some fun, some interest, some you know, Good protection energy. and some, yeah. some healing. Yeah. So just keep doing what you're doing. Um, stay in touch. Let us know what's happening and how we can help support you guys. Let us know uh, how your defense goes, Brandon, if they let you have your PhD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll be the worst. I'll be the only person in history who would come into the room and they say, yeah, we're not going to give it to you right now. <laughs> uh, you'll be remembered. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> have a great week. Bye. Thank Bye. You. Thank you.